This is Origin Stories, for your information, with Scott and Dawn. We've produced this podcast without doing any research. It's just our own ideas and opinions. You can contact us at originstories.fyi. Hi, Dawn. Hey, Scott. What's your fucking deal, bro? (laughs) I got no fucking deal. You want to start something? Yeah, let's fight. Let's whip our dicks out and smack each other in the face with them until one of us passes out. I think I'm going to win. Maybe. (laughs) Okay, bye, everybody. (laughs) What's your deal? What's going on? I got no deal. It is hot as hell here. Well, it's hot Mm -hmm. as Georgia here. It, mm-hmm. which means that it's just humid all the time. So in Iowa, it gets humid, but the worst part of it is usually at the end of summer. So August, September, you know, in August, September, mm-hmm. it's just kind of miserable. And it's like that. This, that's just what summer is here all the time. And it's so bad that even when you wake up and it's like between 65 and 70 degrees, when it should be nice and pleasant, that you go outside and it's cool and you're still sweating because it's so humid. It's like you have, you, your fever just broke. So it's not pleasant. You know, it doesn't bring back any good memories. It's a memory of when you were sick and couldn't control your body temperature. I see. So yeah, it's kind of gross right now. Well, that's good, huh? <laughs> I suppose. I like fall here, I think. I was going to say I like spring, but no, I like fall. Because spring tends to be cold, 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 hot. So I like I like fall here. It just it's a gradual lull into what we categorize as winter here. It's very strange. I mean, it's the same same similar situation. Or it's a similar situation here, but here it goes from rainy season, which there isn't a comparable Midwest thing to that because it's just cloudy and rainy it's like being in london or san francisco right Mm -hmm. but that's the winter time and it never gets cold really a 40 degrees fahrenheit which is not Mm -hmm. i feel like if you're from anywhere but arizona or the the desert which includes los angeles and maybe san diego and and miami and parts of texas along the border and stuff like that other than those six or seven places in the u.s It gets cold. Even in Missouri, it gets cold. And Arkansas, it'll get to freezing and snow occasionally, right? And here, it's so rare that it gets below freezing for an extended period of time, which that's just not most of the U.S. experience is cold of some sort. And we just don't really get that. So it's this rainy season in the winter. And then it kind of pops out of that in April. And then it just Mm -hmm. sort of gets to be this lukewarm summer where in obviously where you're at in Iowa, in upstate New York, Virginia, fucking Arizona, uh, L.A., it gets hot, right? There's actually you feel comfortable or even hot if you go out in a bikini or in in trunks and you lay in the sun, right? It feels hot when you do that. Here Mm -hmm. in the summertime from basically May until November or October, it just kind of feels like, this is like a warm bath. It could definitely be hotter and I would enjoy it a little hotter, but it's like a warm bath outside to the point where it almost in the summer, I don't mind going someplace hot like Hawaii on vacation where it's like, fuck, I actually was missing this heat when it's fucking summer here, you know? Yeah. It never actually hits summertime here the way that I think of summer, which is what you're describing in Georgia, where getting in the pool feels really good here. Getting in a pool in the summertime 
almost doesn't feel good because it's too cold given where the outside temperature is at, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's our two seasons. We basically have lukewarm bath and rainy season. And if that's what you're looking for, it's totally... I mean, the weather here is... (laughs) fantastic don't get me wrong it is milder winters milder summers it's fucking fantastic but if you want it to be hot ever to like have a beer outside in the heat and just feel good about that pacific northwest is not the place for you yeah i've heard people talk who have lived there and uh they say that they never went without a jacket in the car. You know, they always had a jacket close because you just never know when it's going to get cold or cool enough to have a jacket. I mean, I feel like they're pussies, but whatever. Am I not supposed to use the word pussy anymore? <laughs> That's up to you. You do you, man. I don't care anymore. I don't fucking care. What do I care? I feel like they're cunts, you know? <laughs> okay. Is, is that better? <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, man. Is that the appropriate word that now that Rats was using pussy because it's a gendered slur? I think cunt is also gendered slur. I don't think it is. I think anyone, especially men, can be cunts. I think anybody can be a pussy. Yeah, but I feel like that one has got some connotation with it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think cunt has more of a connotation. I've been listening to Jim Jeffries, and he seems to be okay with using it. I do also listen to podcasts where they're in New Zealand. Yeah. In one of the episodes of the podcast, the guy was saying like, hey, do you ever... Did you ever use like a gay slur when you were in high school? And they're like, nah, man, I went to a very progressive high school where there were a lot of theater people and and people would, you know, find offense to that. And then the other guy asked him, like, what did you call people cunts? And he said, of course, I'm fucking from New Zealand. It's fine to call people cunts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's how I feel about the whole thing. That you're from New Zealand? Yeah, I feel like I've got a New Zealandish spirit. I've never fucked a sheep. I don't know if that disqualifies me from feeling New Zealand or not. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've heard they fuck sheep there. <laughs> That's what I've heard as well. But they say that about Scotland too, so. I think the reason they say it about probably both places is because I know for sure in New Zealand that there are definitely more sheep than there are people. So, <laughs> right. But I've heard in the U.S. we have more straight cats than people and nobody says that we're fucking cats, so I don't know. <laughs> well, we also don't live on farms. Speak for yourself. With, with cats, a cat farm. Pussy farm. My grandparents lived on a farm and they definitely had cats on their farm. All four of my grandparents. They didn't farm cats. No, that's true. That's true. They weren't. So you're trying to tell me that in New Zealand, they're not really interested in raising sheep for for any purpose other than (laughs) fucking them? No, I'm saying that it's available because they are, you know, they're, they're just, they're not pets. They're not... I don't think the cats were pets either. They had their own job on the farm. They were there to catch. Well, that's what I'm saying. They had their job, and what job do the sheep have except for to go wool and be fucked? (laughs) Okay. Do you got the bestiality thing going today? Is that it? I I mean, it's an interesting idea. Is it? Is it interesting? I don't think it's interesting. I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about animal fucking before. Yeah, I'm. I know that you and I have, whether we've done it on the podcast or not, I don't know. It's not a subject I'm terribly comfortable with. Consenting human adults. Okay. You're not comfortable with doing it or you're not comfortable with talking about it? <laughs> Both. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I do it all the time. I just don't want to talk about it. Right. What's <laughs> what happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom. It's your philosophy or, on the gays and bestiality. <laughs> or pasture. Yeah. Yep. What happens with your pants down stays with your pants down. Okay. okay. <laughs> Once the pants are up, nobody gets to talk about it. Nope. Uh, so what's new what's, with you? I don't. I don't know, man. I'm just. I'm living life. I'm. I'm. Maybe I made some notes. Are you living la vida loca? Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. One of the things that I discovered recently, which I find just fucking amazing, when you use voice to text with Google on an Android phone, mm-hmm. and you say the word paschetti instead of spaghetti, it actually types in paschetti instead of spaghetti. I just oh, thought that that was fucking, just fucking amazing. You know, the somebody fucking coded that. They put in the dictionary of word mapping paschetti as though that were a real word, and it's not a real word, but they did it, and it fucking picks it up. Isn't that awesome? Hey, Google, find a recipe for paschetti. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> no, thank you. Oh my god, your Google is a piece of shit. Tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he, he talks a lot. Oh, he Jesus wants to make Christ. sure I'm happy. This is the reason for domestic violence. No, my Google cares about me. You know what I don't like about Google? <laughs> what? Sometimes I'll ask it a question and then I'll say, thank you, Google. And it never says you're welcome because it's only a single interaction. Needs to get better about threaded conversations. And I think that that would make the Google service way better if it sort of had contextual threading, you know, where you could be like, yeah. hey, I want to do this. And then it sort of listened for a second and like, and this. Because that's usually the problem I have is I'll say, hey, add this to my grocery list. And then I'll think of something else and I'll say, and this. And it won't pick up the and this. But that's the real problem is people don't have their thoughts. I personally, when I activate Google, don't have my entire thought process done correctly, you know? Yeah. Well, neither Amazon's nor Google's uh, smart speakers do that. Because right. even if you know right away that you want peanut butter and bread on your list, you can't do both at the same time. Really? Not on, I use Amazon's, I don't want to say the word, but. Right, I use Alexa. Amazon's for that. Yeah, I don't have an Alexa, so I can say Alexa. Yeah, I I have both, and what I found is that when, especially when I'm playing D and D, and I don't have my headphones on, is that my fellow D and D players like to order things when I'm not in the room. So <laughs> <sighs> that is not cool. No, it's not. <laughs> Damn, luckily, son. luckily though they confirm when it's ordered like that they confirm but uh yeah i've come back to find uh, some interesting things ordered what would be interesting for you a dildo isn't that interesting no i think you know they did a, a barrel of lube and not that interesting i could see you yeah that. dog treats is the only other thing that i remember a bunch of whole bunch of dog treats i don't remember what else it was but those are the only two i remember i'd probably order like a gimp suit for you <laughs> partially because i think you might use it yeah i was gonna say to match my other one i don't know i just feel like you might be able to I can find a use for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd buy you a fart barrier. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So what else is new? Do you got notes? The only other note that I have is that people that drive Suburbans in an urban area like Seattle and probably downtown Atlanta and all of that area and, you know, surrounding, uh, you know, 
parts of mm-hmm. downtown. Right. I think that the uh, Department of Homeland Security should classify them as terrorists. I just, I'm, <laughs> I think that they are worse than Why the suburbans? Taliban. Why suburbans? Have you seen the new 2016 or 2020 Chevy Suburban? I haven't. Oh my God. They are fucking ginormous. Well, they're big anyway. Are they, are they bigger than they've been in the past? They are huge they're absolutely i'm gonna send you a picture right now they are i'm maybe it is about the same size as the previous one but they are absolutely huge it does look big there's not really much for comparison but i know that they're huge anyway this one i saw one driving down my street the other day and i thought holy fuck this is i mean it could barely i don't know how it works in your town where you live but in the neighborhood that i live the streets are i mean they're probably pre-car in a lot of ways, you know, like they were old mm-hmm. horse and carriage streets or whatever. So there's no parking on there. But if you park a car on both sides of the street, which you can in my neighborhood, there is just enough space for one car to get through. And that's not even with a bike. So it's like a bike and a car couldn't fit down there in the same time. And I run down the middle of the street. And if there's a car mm-hmm. coming, they usually have to stop for me to run by them so that they don't oh, hit me okay. while they're trying to get through. So, I mean, it is not a lot of room. And I saw a Chevy Suburban trying to get through my street the other day. And I thought, holy fuck fuck it they were having a hard time just getting through my neighborhood that's how fucking big this thing is yeah that's crazy it's absolutely ginormous to the point i was like fuck these guys anyone that's driving this in town is an asshole why do you need a car that big because you got a tiny dick bro (laughs) yeah but if you have a suburban i mean you're not like it's not like a sports car or anything it's not a monster truck yeah but they cost like 70 grand i know i saw that the base was 51 that's insane. Yeah, I I would actually bet that you could get... I feel like when you get a Suburban, probably like most cars, it's like the bare minimum for a Suburban is just a piece of shit. Like everyone's yeah. getting $20,000 in upgrades on it. Right. To the point where once you get your upgrades on these, on these, once you get it, you could probably get a Tesla at about the same price. Oh, yeah. Well, you can get a Tesla at 35, so... No way. Really? I think there's one model that you can get for 35. Yep. I don't think that one's out yet, is it? I think so. I thought I saw it because I was looking at some. I thought they were only pre-ordered on those. I thought the cheapest. Oh, maybe. Fuck, maybe. I'm fucking looking it up now, man. Just tell me the fucking cost. That's the other thing I hate about car shopping. Yeah. You can't fucking find. I just want to know what the, what is this going to cost me, man? Yep. That's, I feel like, why buying a new car is such a ripoff. Nobody knows what they're worth. It's like buying a house. You're just paying yeah. what somebody thinks the house is worth. Nobody, nobody's done any real analysis on this house. And not only that, you're paying the market. You know, like if you were to go out and go house hunting right now, as opposed to six months ago, six right. months ago, you could have probably gotten a house much cheaper than you can get it right now. And the only thing that's changed is everybody fucking wants a house because mortgage rates are so goddamn low. And because they're stuck working from home and they want an extra room. Yeah. yeah. I feel like market is a thing in cars, too. I don't know if you have ever been to Mexico, but I went across the border in Mexico and I saw more new trucks on the other side of Mexico, like Chevy Tahoe's or whatever, the big fucking cars. Is Tahoe Mm -hmm. a car, a truck? 
Yeah. And like an F-150 and Ford F-150s and all of those, like the big Ford 250, uh, F-250. Is there 250? Mm-hmm. I feel like there is. Yeah. But you see cars like that in Mexico and you think, how are they affording these $60,000 trucks? You know, because if you buy it in, in Iowa or Minneapolis or whatever, it's like a $60,000 car once you get the add-ons in. And so how the fuck right. are they affording that with the Mexican peso? You know, that would right. be a fuck ton of money, but there's a ton of them down there. So... I'm wondering if there's a a market, you know, they don't have to pay taxes down there because it's presumably made in Mexico. So maybe there's no import stuff. I don't fucking know. My point is, I think there's some market shit going on with new cars too. Yeah, that could very well be. I don't like it, whatever it is. I don't either. I always feel like when you buy a car or a house, even if you get a good deal, you're getting screwed every single time. Yeah. Well, and you can't help but feel that way. I mean, even if like in the moment you're like, oh, this is great. I found one finally that, you know, fits my budget. I think that you you can't help but go like, oh, shit, did I really make a good deal there? And it's always fucked up to me, too, because whether it's a house or a car, you know, because it's such a big investment that just in terms of -of out-of-pocket stuff that Mm -hmm. even if it's like a thousand dollars on a like a fifty thousand dollar car like a suburban or whatever and you could like ah good on a thousand dollars like should it have been a thousand dollars less and in the grand scheme of things you're talking two percent it's not that Mm -hmm. big of a deal of a fifty thousand dollar car but you're still for some reason it's it still eats at you like it's a million dollars or something i just yeah it's so fucking frustrating i hate being involved in either one of those purchases unless you know until I actually am, and then it's fine. But just the idea right. of doing both pisses me off because I, I feel like somebody's <laughs> screwing me ultimately. I know. Yep, I'm exactly the same way. But I'm I'm terrible because I get, I think like in the moment, I'm getting this great deal. And then I take a step back and I get a minute to think about it. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to fuck me, aren't they? <laughs> You're fucking me. You're fucking me in the ass, eh? Yeah. <sighs> inappropriate on not if you like it what's your deal (laughs) i i'm a broken human being with a very strange sense of humor you know i got a lot of things that you know are going against me but uh i think that just makes life more interesting with me and uh yeah i think it's pretty all right Okay. I embrace my brokenness and I think that's okay. I think we all should and we all might be a little bit more interesting because of it. That sounds wonderful, Don. <laughs> does it or does it sound terrible? Because most people want to hide that. I mean, we talked about it before. People don't want to show their vulnerabilities. They don't want to show that they're broken. They want to show that they've got it all together. I've worked really hard in my life to show my daughter that it's not easy being a grown-up. In fact, we were talking the other day that being a grown-up is all about doing the shit that you don't want to do. That's what all being grown-up is. I don't want to clean the house, but I got to clean the house, so I'm going to clean the house. I don't want to go to work, but I got to go to work, so I'm going to go to work. I once told somebody, I think on a date, or I was chatting with them on a text message, you know, before we went out on a date, mm-hmm. and I said something like, you know, I think being an adult means, there's a quote that I've I use a lot, at work and in general in my life that you do the things that you have to do now so that you can do the things that you want to do later right yeah it's you pay your mortgage now so that you can retire later you mm-hmm. save money for taxes 
at the end of the year so that you can pay them at the end of the year and maybe you have a little left over and you can go on vacation. Those are the things you mm-hmm. have to you have to do certain things. You go to work now so that you can afford new teeth when you have a cavity later or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this you do the things yep. that you wanted that you have to do now so you can do the things you want to do later. And right, right, right. I said, you know, to this person, I think that's more or less what being an adult is. It's just doing the things you have to do now so you can do the things you want to do later. And they said, that sounds like an awful existence and I don't want it. And I was immediately thinking, <laughs> well, this person and I are completely incompatible. Yep. They are a child. <laughs> yep. You need to get back into the real world, kid. <laughs> right. They might be five years older than me, but they're dumb. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the world works, you know? Yep. So what's going on in your world? What What are we talking about here? Do you have any ideas? <sighs> I have one idea. Oh, what's your idea? Um, I, I, Do you want to throw anything in there? I want to hear what yours is. The only topic I want to talk about is I have this one written down that I've had written down for a while, and it is sex is gross. When you, if you think about, remove the, the pleasure from it and just think about how gross it is where you're just basically snotting out of your dick into somebody else's hole or people are basically rubbing your vagina until it gets like snotty and then it feels good and whatever mm-hmm. that's essentially biologically what's happening but for some reason we seem to really enjoy the grossness in that aspect and to some extreme people like Jim Norton really actually like gross stuff not like he says sometimes you know if a woman has like a really smelly pussy not like infected but you know a more fragrant vagina Mm -hmm. that he ends up liking it more and that is usually the opposite of everything else that we as people sort of feel you know Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering like what the fuck is up with that (laughs) why so i think that it goes beyond sex we're just gross we're humans are disgusting but we don't often like the grossness right yeah, that, I just wanted to clarify that. Why do we like the grossness? But we only seem to like it in sex. No, some people love pimple popping, and that's disgusting. You're right. That is fucking disgusting. But that's not that's not the normal person. My thing is, most people really like sex, and they don't mind if it gets wet and sloppy and, you know, any of that stuff, right? Right. Well, I think that's because that's what happens. So if the natural response to my getting aroused is that my pussy gets super duper wet, Mm -hmm. my partner may, you know, be conditioned to like, when you got a wet pussy, that turns me on. I don't even like when you say that. That sounds so gross. (laughs) (laughs) Or Okay, hard dick. How about that? fundamentally unless you're in that situation doing it it is it is actually gross i don't know it's like the difference between amateur porn and and professional when you watch it amateur style it's it's actually kind of gross right there's they don't like dry off the dude's dick the girl's pussy is wet you i mean if you're watching straight porn and you know a blowjob is like wetter than normal whereas if you watch a professional it's like somebody's out there with a sponge drying everything up in between thrusts you know what i'm talking about see but i'd rather watch amateur stuff i i like all that stuff i'm sure a lot of people some maybe not a lot i'll i enough people do 
Which is what I'm getting at, is this seems opposite of... Imagine a cooking show where there was just chicken goo, you know, like the wet... You take the chicken out of the packaging or whatever, and then there's like E. coli contaminated goo water that comes off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. If that were just sitting on the the counter and you could sort of see it as it was cooking, you'd be like, could somebody fucking clean that up? That's gross. I don't want to see that in my cooking show with Julia Childs and Martha Stewart and all of that. So context seems to matter there. And it, I'm confident, unless you can convince me otherwise, that sex is a special thing. And not really. It's not a, really a special thing. We make it we tell kids it's a special thing, but in this particular context, it's a differentiator in terms of grossness. Well, I think that we like any show to be neat. I mean, even in the DIY shows, when they're doing crafts or when they're building a house or, you know, whatever, there's no messiness mm-hmm. to it. You know, you don't see people who are putting up drywall or, you know, sanding or anything like that. They're not covered from head to toe in the... in drywall dust or you know whatever it is like a normal person would be they're not all disgusting and sweaty and their butt cracks hanging out it is a well-produced well-run machine where you see the pretty bits and that's what we like so i don't think it is uh limited to sex we like it to be sanitized but that's not real life and i think that we get it so when i'm at home cooking and i have to do my dishes unlike the person you know on the cooking show where dishes never seem to pile up i know that that's okay and normal but it's not ready for tv it's not ready for other people to look at but it's okay because it's in my house my thought is though that with sex we're okay seeing that that like that disorganization or that weirdness not to say necessarily grossness but people watch amateur porn but i don't know that there would be a lot of people People that watched amateur DIY flip this house. Maybe they would. Probably not because it's way more boring. Well, you're not going to see that on HGTV or maybe even PBS. But I think on YouTube, you'd find that stuff. I mean, Dr. Pimple Popper, we're going back to the pimple thing, is a YouTube channel, I think. And that's super popular. That's different, though. That's a fetish or something, isn't it? But there's millions of subscribers. Yeah, but it's all sexual. It's Again, I, I think it's a... I'm, no, I think people just like doing it because I've known people in my life who like, like I knew somebody who I have my ears pierced and they would come up to my ears and squeeze the gunk out of my ear holes. This is making me throw up, Don. We got to move on from, I can't talk about this <laughs> pimple popper shit. I just can't. That's so, it's so gross. I don't even want to conceptualize it. But what I'm saying is that's more disgusting than sex. I mean, with sex, not that pimples aren't natural, but I mean, it's not something that's a natural reaction to, you know, being aroused. And if there are positive emotions associated with someone being aroused, of course, you're going to like to see the messy parts of it. It's not going to bother you. I guess that's my thing is that you say that pimple popping is grosser than sex. I don't think that's the case. I've seen dudes pull out of a chick's butthole and then put it right in her mouth. And that is for sure grosser than popping a pimple. And still, people jerk off to that. Lots of people jerk off to that. A lot. Well, that's, again, because the penis is involved. And (laughs) it feels nice to have your penis in a in a warm tight hole and to have it in another warm hole so so what you're saying is that penises make everything better no i'm saying that when penises are involved there's a lot of things that can go out the window Hmm. so you're saying i should just next time i'm about to be arrested pull my penis out 
Yeah, because that'll make you not get arrested. Huh. I feel like that's your argument. And maybe I'll try that no. in court someday. Yeah, do it. My friend said... I was under the impression that a lot of things fly once your penis is out. That's what Harvey uh, Harvey uh, Weinstein should have done. But it flies with you. It's I mean, because you are the one who's aroused and your penis is making your decisions for you because you're in that state. It's not uh-huh. that when you pull your penis out, that's automatically going to get other people aroused. When you are aroused, that puts you in a different mindset. I mean, how many times have you jerked off and then you're like, you finish and then you're like, oh God, what did I just do? Well, since I've turned eight, 17, very few. (laughs) But before then, every time. But it's never been like, why did that turn me on? I know I've had that thought. Like, I did not think that that kind of thing would turn me on. But in that circumstance, it did. Why? Not that I necessarily feel shame, but it's like, wow, I don't think like right now that could not get me going. But in that moment, who mama? We talking golden showers here? What are we talking? The specifics are important. I think they are. I think inquiring minds want to know, Dawn. Well, good. I've revealed enough of my weirdness. I don't think I need to reveal anymore. If you're really curious, just go ahead and shoot Dawn an email at contact at originstories.fyi. <laughs> yeah. I'll get CC'd on that. So, you know, take care of kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> no problem. But you've never had that experience where you wondered like, boy, I didn't think that I was attracted or I didn't think that that could get me off. Oh, of course. I mean, I think I've probably gotten close to jerking off to that guy who's like uh, fucking that rocking chair stool with a blonde wig on it. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't want to know. No, there's a there's a video of a guy who makes his own uh, uh, like a... (laughs) I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure I've sent it to you where it's it's basically like the equivalent of a blow up doll, but it's like a mm-hmm. fleshlight that's glued to, you know, those rocking chair things that were really popular at the stools in the 90s that they were like the glider, the gliding chairs. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They have stools usually that come with them that also are on the gliders. <sighs> yes. So the guy affixed a, a, oh a like a, a fleshlight to that. And then puts like a blonde wig over it with basically like a saw mask. I mean, it was supposed to be like a lady's mask, but it looks like the disgusting saw mask thing. And then it looks like it's a woman that's super eager to blow you. And then you just like put your dick in it. And then because it's a glider, you know, it can you can Mm -hmm. be on your knees and it can give you a blowjob. But looking down on it, it kind of looks like a woman's head blowing you. And so this is like the first iteration of a do-it-yourself at home blow-up doll with robotics or something involved. In any case, I think I've gotten close to coming to something like that before. And then you're like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, your head's in a different space. So, of course, it doesn't matter. You're willing to allow things that would normally maybe be gross uh, be part of the whole experience. Okay. Because it's just, it's an unnecessary evil at that point, you know? No, I don't even think that you think that it's disgusting at that point. It's just that your head's in a different spot. And you know that your partner getting wet, for example, is part of that. So if it gets super sloppy, what difference does it make? That just means it's extra special hot, right? So take that to the extreme. What about like golden showers or like I mentioned anal sex? Sometimes there can be a little dookie involved with anal sex, but that doesn't stop people, right? It does, it it you know it can turn people on. So not to say that it does to the average person, but oh, uh, you know uh, I've seen videos if you follow the 
the uh, the Reddit subreddit cum sluts. It's pictures of women getting their face jizzed on. And that's, I know some women that think that is super duper gross. But then there are a lot of other women that are like, yeah, bring it on. So obviously there's a some delineation there. But well, it's contextual. So if if I like that specific thing, if my partner's into it, if my partner's not into it, then, you know, it's not going to happen. It doesn't do anything for me. But there must be some somewhat out of the ordinary that most people would consider gross that you get off on on a regular basis. I can come up with probably two or three things right now. <laughs> I mean, but that's not the point. The point is that in the moment, in arousal, you're willing to overlook things or do things that maybe wouldn't normally turn you on. But because of the context, because of this interaction that you're having, it makes it different. It elevates it and it moves you. So when you're in the midst of sex, it's not even like you're in the real world. You're in this sex world. Okay. And the rules are a little bit different at that point. Now we're getting somewhere. This is what I want to talk about. Let's go on. <laughs> okay. That's it. I think that you're in a different space. I I talk a lot about subspace. I talk about dom space, but I think that there's just a encompassing all that. I think there's a sex space. And that's what I was getting to when I was saying, you know, your dick kind of leads the way because when you're aroused, you're not, your headspace is a lot different than, you know, when you're working or when you're cooking dinner or whatever. Okay. Does that just apply to guys or do women get there too? No, absolutely women get there. I'm just, I mean, it's universal. When we, when I talk about someone thinking with their dick, I think we can all kind of relate because there are, I mean, we both have to get there. If I don't mind having my face cummed on, it's not like I want to be in a, a cafe or a bistro or something and some guy or even my partner coming over and jerking off onto my face. That's going to, that's inappropriate. It's not something that I want. Okay. You don't think that it would be hot to, no. if you were in a French bistro to have, no. and nobody knew you, but you were like in a corner to have no. some guy do that? No. No. Oh. <laughs> We're two different people then. Because for some reason, when you were saying that, I was like, yeah, I could totally get into that. (laughs) Now, a discreet little feel under the table is a different thing. But no, like out in public, I'm going to just come over and jizz on somebody's face. No. I wasn't picturing like the guy coming over and being like, I'm going to go on your face. That's what I that's what I was picturing. I was thinking something, you know, slightly discreet where you're in a corner booth, maybe it's an obstructed view, something like that. No, coming coming on your face is not something that's going to be discreet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess we just have different definitions of the word discreet. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I think it's possible to come on somebody's face in a discreet way, and you don't, and you're wrong. Uh, yep. Okay, that's all right. But it's not something that, but I mean, if your head is not in that, so, and if that were something that you wanted to do, you would probably go into that bistro with that idea already. Of you would both. You'd probably both be already partway in that space. But just as a surprise, like, surprise, all over your face. No. Yeah, I don't Not think that thing. would work. I think you got to set it up, right? Like, well, we're going to meet right. here at 3 o'clock, and then you text the other person an eggplant, followed by a peach, followed by the woman who's crying her eyes out, you know? <laughs> we all know yeah, what that means. I, but 
the point is that there has to be set up and you're already getting, you're working your way. You're going up the stairs into sex space. I see. I see. You're already knocking on the door of sex space, just ready to be let in. But if you're not even there, if you're not even in that neighborhood, there's... It's going to be gross. If someone were to do that, it'd just be disgusting. If someone were to put their dick in my mouth when I didn't want them to, that's that's disgusting. That's it's not right. That's what but I mean that's the difference. The difference is you're not in that space. Uh-huh. So, you know, I will put a dick in my mouth. I'll get cum on my face. I'll stick my finger in a butt and regardless of the shit that happens, but I have to be in that space. Okay. So that's the difference. The space is sort of the the mental space is the context which allows us to forget the the sort of grossness of it. We just sort of wash that away yeah. because we're so horny that we have blinders on to the oh, dick yeah. snot that shoots down your throat. Yep. Huh. Yep. Mystery solved. On a regular day, I have problems swallowing egg drop soup sometimes because it's that thick, slimy. Ugh. All right. Let's go eat some egg drop soup. <laughs> Yeah. So did you get your question answered? I guess. I. It still feels maybe that's the joy of sex is that it allows us to forget the sort of normal stuff in life. You know, it allows us to forget. You were in the midst of COVID. You know, you got to wash your hands, but you're in the middle of sex and you're like, fuck it. I don't care if your bodily fluids get all over my bodily fluids. Not to say that those are the same thing, but I feel now almost weird if I don't wash my hands after I touch something, even if it's something that I know is clean, you know, that yeah, it's sort of weird that I drop something on the floor and I'm like, I should wash my hands or I touch something that touched the floor and I'm like, I should wash my hands because I don't know where the germs came from that touched the thing that touched the thing that touched the thing and then my shoes and then da 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 da, da you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have thought of that even four months ago, you know, before in right. January. And now I'm like, I got to wash my hands all the time. And even if it's, you know, realistically, there's 0% chance that there is COVID on my floors. And then there's something that I dropped, touched the floor, and then I touched it with my hands. But now I'm super aware of that. But that there, that we must have sort of exponential mental block on those sorts of on sex stuff. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. And this is what I was thinking about, which is why I thought it was so I think it's so strange in a way that we're able to just do that without thinking about it right it's it's like almost instinctual that we're like fuck it it's gross but i don't care right that's part of the allure of it i mean if if i were having sex with someone and i weren't wet that would be an indication that something's not right you'd be pulled out of that space and you'd be asking what what's the matter so you know we're conditioned because that's how it's supposed to be you know that gross, that gross stuff is supposed to happen. Yeah, I get, I totally understand that. It just feels weird to me that we're mentally able to, just like with the smell thing that I mentioned a couple weeks ago, that we're able to contextualize that in such a distinct way that I don't... It's almost one of those things that if scientists were to think about this for a thousand years, I don't know that they will ever be able to come up with an answer. It's just, that's just how people's brains work. We're fucking crazy. You know, that we can flip a switch and for some reason lemon means fresh in the, in the, on the kitchen table, but in the bathroom, it means that somebody's got a yeast infection or whatever it is that lemon scent means in the bathroom. To go back to that one, I cleaned my toilet with some bleach stuff yesterday. And Mm -hmm. whenever I go into, or maybe not yesterday, but a couple days 
years ago, and it has that like a tinge of bleachy cleaner smell. And whenever mm-hmm. I go into my bathroom, I can't help but thinking I'm going into a hotel bathroom because that's how all hotel bathrooms smell when you check in. And mm-hmm. it's just this weird trigger that we have in our brain, which I think is probably the same thing is true with the sex thing. But how do you explain that is fucking crazy to me. Our brains are fucking nutso. And that's why I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Am I off on that? Or does that make sense? No, I understand. But I think it's just a conditioning thing. Just like the the smell, it's just a conditioning. If we if fart smells, you know, were what we associated clean with, then everybody be farting all the time. And you know, it would it would be fresh as a daisy. And it just goes back to conditioning. You know, I remember um, my grandma used Jergens lotion all the time. So that cherry vanilla scent reminds me of my grandma. So do you think people that fuck sheep, they get conditioned to enjoy that? And also, why don't animals' vaginas smell more? Or is that because we fix them? Oh, I would bet they do, but they're also not in a in folds. What do you mean? Like... Like their buttholes are like out in the open and it's all out in the open. Your butthole is not out in the open? No, it's in a it's in a cleft. Huh. I feel like mine's pretty out there. <laughs> well, that's because you use it all the time. Huh. I never made the connection. But their, their vaginas <laughs> don't stink either, right? And we also don't air ours out. You know, ours are always covered with stuff. Maybe if they hung out a little bit more. I've known women that, that had said that they don't wear underwear and like they'll wear But they wear pants. Well, you, it still gets wet there. And I don't think that a dog's crotch gets wet that often. But they go into heat, don't they? I'm not a vet, so I'm, I'm just grasping with straws here. That can be stinky. It, it can be? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been around a dog that's been in heat. Not once in my life. I don't mm. think. I don't know that their vaginas are stinky, but they do bleed, so. Yeah. Real quick, have you ever trained your dog to go inside on paper? Like paper training a dog? When we had puppies, we did that, but that was for accidents. It was not like, this is what we want you to do all the time. Yeah. I've known two or three people that have done that, and I know one of them was for mobility issues. It was my grandma at some point, but she did that when she could get around. And so maybe it wasn't mobility issues, but isn't that fucking crazy to paper train a dog? Yeah, you can only do that with little dogs. <laughs> and I don't know why you would do that. It's just gross. She did it with a Shih Tzu, which I think is, I'm a small dog, but it's still fucking crazy to me. Because you, wouldn't you have to go in there and pick up the paper all the time? Yeah, and have to check it. No, that's that's not right. I actually did look for, I had a smaller dog and I looked at, um, there's this thing that you could put out on your balcony that had AstroTurf on it and a hydrant and stuff because my dog was an asshole and would go to the bathroom inside. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe if I had that on the deck that he would use that. But I never ended up using it because it was still gross. I don't want him pissing on my balcony either. They have that at a lot of the um, like the, the doggy daycare things, you know, in mm-hmm. if you're in a city where you can't grow, if you have 60 dogs and you have to take one of them out every, or five out an hour, and then just basically rotate that loop through with all 60 dogs or whatever, you can't get grass to grow because they're, they're all pissing on the grass, killing the grass, right? And mm-hmm. so they'll use this AstroTurf. And my dog, I don't think ever used it. And so she was like peeing on herself because it is it is so gross. They have to shit on there and then they pick the shit up. And so there's just like shit on plastic. It's, it's so disgusting. And I think even dogs don't like that. That's how gross it is. So I... Yeah. I don't know. I find that whole thing to be fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't know. What are we doing here, Don? 
<laughs> I think we're about to come up with some conclusions. Yeah, I we gotta we are so in the middle of nowhere today. I don't know. I think that we had some good stuff. I think that you're just resisting it. No, I mean, I get it. I just want to get to the answer. And it feels like your answer was just like, well, that's the way it is. And I'm going to, you know. No, I told you it's because we were in, we get in that headspace. And so we're willing to overlook some stuff that we might normally find disgusting. Why do we get in that headspace? I mean, is the headspace a biological thing? Or I mean, you say it's conditioning, but is it, is it more an instinctual thing? Or is it? I definitely think it has to be. I mean, if we found, if we had to push through and make sex palatable, then that might be different. You know, if it was like coffee, like I've never acquired a taste for coffee Mm -hmm. and I could go forever without not drinking coffee. I don't ever need to drink coffee in my life. But there's some people who like it because they, you know, force themselves to do it. But I think there's enough of us that if that were sex, we wouldn't probably be procreating as much as we are. Yeah. So I think, yes, it has to be instinctual. We have to like those things. Just like the, you know, we like red lips and plump breasts and, you know, things like that, childbearing hips, because those are the things that biologically we find attractive in one another, you know, because when you're young and of prime childbearing years, those are the things that are prominent. Can I just say one thing before we wrap this up? This is sort of a conclusion that we didn't get to, but you reminded me of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is this. I don't know how to phrase this without sounding like a dick, but is it possible that we can get women a training class on what a decent bra should do or look like? Oh, because gosh, yes, please. I was riding my bike yesterday and I saw somebody and I thought that that looks so bad. And I don't I'm not trying to judge her body, but it just looks so bad that there is no way that that could be comfortable. It was like it almost looked like her tits were which she had like big ish tits, but it looked like you sort of set them on a tray and then the sun melted them and that's what they looked like in her bra. And I just thought yeah. that it, there's no way that can be comfortable. You got to get something. I, it just, it looked, it looked so bad that there's no way it was enjoyable. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. So fuck. women aren't, aren't taught how to really measure. And when you go to the stores it's, you know, they don't even teach you because a lot of times they don't know. They're just told by the stores how to fit. So there is actually people should go to a bra that fits. It's a subreddit and they will talk you step by step through the bra fitting process and how a bra should fit. And you'll find that there are different types of bras and you'll also find that your bra probably doesn't fit right. And if you have you know, we are, cult- in our culture, we believe that if you have a D cup, you have huge breasts. And so a lot of times what I'll see on there is a woman says, I've been wearing a 32A forever. And I did the calculator because there's a calculator on there. Mm-hmm. I did the calculator and saw that I was a 32D. How can that be? I don't have big boobs. I'm flat. But then they wear a 32D and they're like, oh my God, my boobs look amazing. And it's because we have this impression that we think that the cup size has something to do with the size of your boobs. And it has very little to do with that. So if we can learn, I could go on and on about it. If we can learn the steps and Mm -hmm. what makes a bra fit right, then you wouldn't have those problems. From what you said, she is probably not wearing a bra that is, she's probably 
bottom heavy and needs to be wearing something that's a probably a bit more full coverage because right. your boobs shouldn't sink into your bra. Right. She's wearing probably the wrong cup size and the wrong style of uh, bra. She was doing a lot of things wrong. There was very little that I saw on her that was that I thought <laughs> you're doing it right. I'll explain more when yeah. we're off the call. But uh, yeah, it was not it was not good. It yeah. was not not good at all. I feel like I would yeah. be a dope ass woman. I would be that chick that's like I might not sleep with a lot of dudes, but everyone would think I was a slut. I would immediately like turning 18 and be like, I'm getting fake tits. They're going to be huge. And then I'm going to be walking around with my tits out all the time. I would just be like yeah. playing that up like crazy. That might say more about my self-esteem than uh, <laughs> yeah, than anything. Yep, but I think it does. You've said a lot there in that short little time. I would be like, people, people would definitely be spreading rumors about me for sure. <laughs> So is that our conclusion that you would be a, you'd look like a whore? Yeah, I, for sure, I would probably wear a shirt that said like whore with my cleavage out. That's how crazy yeah. I would be. Yep. I probably wouldn't say whore. It would probably say cum slut or something like that. Right. Daddy's a little cum slut. Oh, that's gross. I don't like that. <laughs> I might say that in the bedroom, but I definitely wouldn't wear that on a shirt because I feel like that's gross. Okay. That'd just be your tramp stamp. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right, Dawn, what are we doing? How are we ending this? What are we? Tell me more. If you would like to be Scott's dirty little cum oh. slut, Ugh. email him at no. scott at originstories.fyi. I just got the heebie-jeebies. I do not like that. <laughs> okay. My work here is done. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.